Our scripture for the day is taken from the book of Acts, the third chapter, verses 1 through 10. Peter and John were going to the temple at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That was the established prayer time. Meanwhile, a man crippled since birth was being carried in. Every day, people would place him at the temple gate, known as the beautiful gate, so he could ask for money from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he began to ask them for a gift. Peter and John stared at him. Peter said, look at us. So the man gazed at them, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, I don't have any money, but I'll give you what I do have. And he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, rise up and walk. And then he grasped the man's right hand and raised him up. And all at once his feet and ankles became strong. Jumping, he began to walk around. He entered the temple with them, praising God, walking and leaping, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. They recognized him as the one who used to sit at the temple's beautiful gate, asking for money. They were filled with amazement and surprised at what happened to him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Betty. Well, good morning. It is good to see everybody this morning, and uh, it's good to see you. Um, I have so enjoyed uh, talking about the implications of Easter, uprising, uprising, rise and shine, and the resurrection of Christ will shine upon you, rise up, and and sort of what that, what that has meant, these great 50 days of Easter. Y'all may recall the first Sunday after Easter, we talked about one key word. That is what? Breathe. Breathe. That God's first creative act for us after God rolled around a little mud and dirt was breathe. God breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. The very meaning of being inspired by God, that literally means being breathed into so the first things we do is simply to receive. And I think Jesus is still breathing on us. Do you believe that? I know for sure. And that's the first step. Next thing. What was the next thing? What's that? Believe. That's right. We talked a little bit about what it means to believe in a way that... Well, some people say believe is, 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 is trying to believe, you know, ten hard things, you know, or, t- or, or about... A uh, uh, ten uh, propositions or ten proposals that you have to do, but when we really dig deep in what Jesus says, when He says, "Believe in Me," what He's saying is, "Is trust Me, trust Me." It's a relational word. It's not an intellectual word, and so we believe even when and though sometimes we have our doubts. Doubt's not the opposite of belief. It's part of it. It's part of it. So we believe. What was our third one? Rise, rise, just like it says in our key scripture. We in this life, we have been, you have been redeemed by the risen Christ, and you and I, we are called 
to rise to a different level of life that is ours for the taking if we want it. Our key word last week was already, right? You already have what you need. God has already given it to you already, the power of already. So finally in our our final uh, series, because next week, when are we meeting? 10 o'clock, that's right. And why are we meeting once next week? We're honoring our seniors. Y'all, just let me say one real quick thing about that. I hope we pack this room full of people. I want our high school seniors to remember this for years to come, that their church, in a very pivotal time in their life, you remember, you remember what it was like to be 18, right? 19 years old, very pivotal time in their life, 17, 18, 19, that this church rose to the occasion and was there to be there for these kids who are going to do remarkable things in this world, I'm sure of it. So today, number four, our, our, our last thing, it's walk. It's walk. It's walk. Rise. The resurrected life is about walking. Walking. So, what good is being redeemed if we can never move or if we can't walk? What, what good is being redeemed by God, the risen Christ, if we don't have any direction in our lives? For you sitting here, you're part of a movement in the larger movement, the big, the capital M is the Christian movement. It's been going on for 2,000 years. You're part of it now. The baton is in your hands. It's in our hands. And now, of sort of a smaller M, a little branch off that tree, you're part of a Methodist movement. It's a movement of prayer and fellowship and worship. It's a movement of belief that we are going in a direction together as Methodists. And I'm glad to be a part of the movement. If... An uprising can move a rock the size of a Volkswagen van. Imagine what the movement, what the Spirit, what the risen Christ can do for you and for me. So, why are we sitting around sometimes doing nothing? That's a good question. Peter. Peter is key in this story in Acts 3. Now, Peter means rock, remember? We find him moving, though, towards the great temple, this amazing temple, the very center. They believed, even the early Jewish Christians believed there was something very special about this temple. It was the place where heaven and earth kissed and met, and it was the most sacred space in the world. And they were going there at 3 o'clock because it was one of the appointed times for all God-fears and Jews to go pray. So Peter is there with his good buddy, his Jesus follower uh, friend named John, and they're walking through, and they're heading into the temple. Now, the temple has many courts, many gates, and many rooms. It is a huge, huge building back, back in the day. He passes through all these courts to move and worship uh, God in this sacred, huge place. Several courts. There's the court of the Gentiles. There's the court of the women, and you continue to go. Now, if you're male and you're Jewish, you just keep on walking, right? If you're male and you're Jewish and you're healthy, right? You're walking in one gate after another, and I'm sure there were pretty gates. In fact, the very gate that this lame uh, uh, person, was, this person that couldn't walk, says that people had brought him and carried him to the gate called Beautiful, Some people say that's right around the court of the Gentiles. It was a cutoff point. It was a checkpoint. And I'm sure it was. Some people say it was the only gate that had these bronze 
uh, this, these bronze uh, 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 designs on it, and it was very, very beautiful. But y'all, when it comes to a temple or a church, there's nothing beautiful about a gate, right? The guy there sta- sitting, not standing, sitting by that gate couldn't walk since the day he was born. Marley, that is a great interpretation of what lame means, not cool. Because in that day, this guy was considered cursed. He must have done something to offend God. He can't walk. His body is not right. You must wait here, sir. The cruel irony of the whole situation is is that he was down to nothing but a prayer, right? And he couldn't go to where everybody gathered, all the Jewish males went to pray. And so he begged. John and Peter walk into the temple by the gate called Beautiful, and he has the courage to speak out. Sir, can you give me some money? I will not spend it on booze or cigarettes. I promise you, please give me some money. And Peter said, I'm broke, broke as I can be. Nothing I can give you. I don't have a nickel to my name, don't have anything in my pocket. But what I give you, I give you, came out of my heart. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, I order you to rise. And all of a sudden, that guy gets up and it says he leaps up. He jumps up. There's only one other place in scriptures where that, 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 that word is used. It's in Isaiah 35. It's about people hearing the good news of God and leaping up. And he gets up and he says he walks. And I could imagine that he dances for joy. And it was so impactful on the people that witnessed it that day that it said there were many there who were in wonder and amazement. But he wasn't just walking in circles. If you look again, guess what he did? He finally walked past that gate. And he walked in with John and with Peter to finally be in the fellowship of the believers in full, full contact prayer there to a place he'd never been before. He walked up. He walked up. He walked past that gate called Beautiful. He walked And y'all know as well as I do that this is a lot more about a physical miracle. Although, you know, I wish I could have seen it. We could talk a little bit about miracles, you know. I, I mean, sometimes it's hard for us to get our minds around something like that happening, right? I mean, how did that happen? I don't see much of that today. I don't know if you don't, but I don't. And I wonder about that. But I also think about this. I'm sure that in the first century, they would look at us going coming out of surgery and going, what a miracle. They would probably have as hard a time believing the miracles that take place in this day as we do in that day. Maybe it's just that we've stopped seeing things as miracles, and maybe we need to open our eyes to that. Notice, too, that Peter said, look at me, he said. Peter and John, there they are. Peter says, look at me. And I'm sure even back then, they were taught the same thing that we're taught by this world today. Don't make eye contact, right? See somebody you think needs something? You know, straight thing. I'm sure that's what most of them did. But he had the courage to do it. I heard Susan uh, share with me before this service today. She said uh, one of the things she wanted to do at the woman's retreat was to make sure that every woman got looked in the eye and they looked at her, and she broke off that bread, and she looked at them and, re- and looked them in the eye. 
And that's exactly what was going on with Peter and with John. Look at me. What I give you, I can't pull out of my pocket. I can only give it to you out of my heart. And he does. And the miracle, it's a miracle. It's amazing what anastasis, an uprising, does to our eyes if we let it. That's for sure. Look at me. Well, he jumped up, he leapt up, and he walked. Not just about physical walking. That's not just what Easter is about. Although walking is nice, isn't it? I think about people who are confined to a wheelchair, and I'm amazed. I'm so glad this church, you don't have to navigate steps. You know, some churches that were made a long time ago... It's like you'd have to do rock climbing to get there if you, couldn't, if you couldn't get around like we do. And I'm glad all people can get in. But it's not necessarily about physical walking. That's what I'm not talking about when I say walk. It's about what God thinks about our ideas of gates, for one thing. About who has access to the temple and who doesn't. I told you last week that Easter's about seeing that in the, in the light of Christ's resurrection... Uh, things and people don't stay put. And in a world that gates may look beautiful in the community of the resurrection, uh, gates for us are just temporary. Nobody needs to sit by the gate and beg in God's kingdom. And that's what we're all witness to. Now sometimes it's simply human to feel like we're stuck by the gate. You ever been stuck by the gate? I know I have. I get stuck by that gate called beautiful. Sometimes we use age as an excuse. I'm too old. I'm just, I've got the T-shirt. I've done it. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'll hang out by the gate. Sometimes we say, you know, I've got too much of a past. I'm going to stay by this gate. I don't deserve to go into the inner court. So, Bruce, you don't know what I've done in my life and what I haven't done in my life. I, I've got too much of a past. I don't have enough money. I'm not talented enough. So I'm just going to sit here right by this gate called beautiful and let all you beautiful people go further. No. No. Peter says to you and to me, quit begging. You were not put in this world to be a beggar. You were called to be a part of God's kingdom. We know God has never let age or money or power or ability ever be an excuse. See Abraham. See Sarah. Rise up and enter into your calling. There's always a next in our lives. That's what Easter's all about. It's an uprising. Sometimes it's a mark or deformity we think we have. We think we, it's a label we've been accepted by those passing by. I'm not this, I am that. I'm mentally ill. I'm a woman. I'm not like other people. It's a label that we put on our chest and we sit by that gate and we let our life stop. I'll just have to sit here and beg. And Jesus Christ of Nazareth says, no, I'm not going to accept your excuse today. You're going to have to get up. I saved you to walk, says Jesus, not to sit. I saved you to move, not to sulk. I saved you to walk all the way into my inner courts and pray with my people because that's what you were created to do and to be. So don't settle and don't stop. It's not what you were called to do and to be. I've lost my place. There we go. 
There's a lot of self-limiting beliefs I see in our church today, and you're probably getting hints of it right now as we're moving on into this year. I'm talking about the, maybe the big church or the denomination, what we call the United Methodist Church. Some people feel like we're at an impasse. We're at a point at the Methodist Church where we just can't go on. We just better just sit by that gate called beautiful because we can't agree on every, every issue. And you know the issue I'm talking about. I'm talking about human sexuality. Or more specifically, homosexuality. We've been talking about this since 1964 as a church. It hasn't been easy. There, most of the time, has been more heat than light. We've struggled to look people in the eye and to see them for what, who they are, especially people we disagree with. We wonder whether Jesus Christ can lead people who disagree on this issue into the promised land or whether we should be stuck right here. Some, we all, have these fears, just like that guy by the gate. Some people, and look, I'm not going to betray any confidences, but over my 21 years of ministry, I've seen a lot of people come in my office and have come to Jesus talks, right? And a lot of it has been on this issue. I've had people come by and they've said, I just feel like we're in a permissive society where anything goes, and it bothers me, Bruce. I don't know how else to say it. And I feel like my whole foundations are coming down. And I've cried with those people. And I've held their hand. And I've said, I don't know how, but, you know, if God can raise a son to life on the third day, God can do something about this. And God can get us through. And we cry and we pray. I say, gosh, I got nothing in my pocket. All I got is what I got in my heart. And I know I love you, God loves you, and we're, we're going to get through this. I've had other people come in my office, and they've said something like this. I just found out my son is gay. I just found out my sister's gay. Or my uncle. Or my coworker, Or somebody I love so deeply, I don't know what to do with this, Bruce. What do we do with this? And I reach and I grab their hand. And I say, I don't know. I know love is the way. Let's grab our hand. Let's pray. Let's pray about this. I know one thing. That person is still your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your coworker. That person still needs you. And we still need each other. Now, I wish I had a five or ten cent answer that would make everybody happy. I'm the youngest son. I want everybody to get along. I'm like, Lord, help pave the way. I don't like this leadership stuff because I don't know what to do with it. God said, Bruce, I don't want you to have a pat, easy answer about all this hard stuff. I just want you to love people. That's what I want my people to do. Love each other through this. There's a, there's a group of people called, it's called the Way Forward. They're part of the United Methodist Church. They're only about 50 people. They're from all over the United States of America. And there are two guarantees about this group of people talking about this very issue. It's called the Way Forward. You can Google it and you can follow them. I would encourage you to do that. This is important, how we deal with all this. One thing I can guarantee you is that there's somebody in that group that sees it right like you do, however that is. And then there's probably somebody in that group that sees it differently than you. Now, I've heard from my friends, my clergy friends in Mississippi, that encouraged people who are way over here, people who are way over here, are getting the message that they're talking and they're grabbing each other's hands and they're praying together. And that's encouraging. 
I want you to know my office is open. I'm open to talk with any of you about this. The one thing I know is this. Here's what I'm not going to accept. I'm not going to accept and believe that this is our time by the beauty gate. That this is like the last shot fired of the United Methodist Church. I just refuse to believe that. I think our God is bigger than that. And I think wherever we are on this are a thousand other issues that would divide us. I know that the Easter resurrection of Jesus Christ is enough to move us forward and to pray together that God is more important than any of our opinions or where we might happen to be on a certain issue. And I think that's important. And I've seen that as evidence in this church this year, this Friday. All this stuff, this media stuff, all this divisiveness in our world, it didn't stop two women in our church from searching Friday morning. Imagine this. Drove up in this parking lot. Hey, where are you going? I won't embarrass her because she's probably in this room or she'll be in the next one. What you doing? Well, we are going to go into the woods and search for homeless people who have been scattered by the terrible storm. And I think, uprising. I think there are people who know how to get past the beauty gate. Wes Ingram, oh, he's, he's, he's as busy as, uh, as anybody around here in staff. Well, what did Wes do on Friday night? What did he do every Friday night in April? He got a crew together to pick up trash at Fridays at 5. Why? Because he likes picking up trash? Probably not. Because the money that was raised those Fridays went to an under-resourced marching band called Hattiesburg High School. And maybe one kid will get a trombone or a drum set. And maybe that will move that kid past Beauty Gate to know that they matter. Didn't stop Susan. She wore herself out this month, worrying herself to death about this whole... Thing. And she, she came in kind of bouncing off the hall, walls, you know, uh, tired as she could be. But didn't stop her and 50 women from believing that God has a better place for them than Beauty Gate. And I know that's where God's going to get us. I love this church because I believe that God is calling all of us to pull people in to connection with God. That's what it means to walk. Now, some of you are good talkers, and you can do it with your words. Some people are good with your hands and your feet. Some people in this room are good with your eyes. And all we have to do is pray to God, God, don't let me get stuck by a gate somewhere. Do more with my life than me just sitting down thinking i got to be a beggar at the kingdom. And y'all, when that happens, that's real beauty. That's that, I don't know, that Lego set instead of that puzzle. Sorry, Wes, I know you like, you just flip that illustration around. It's just the crazy belief, this resurrection belief, that God has got something better for us than we even think we got it for ourselves coming. So breathe. Just breathe. Believe, rise, and walk. We've got a journey that we've got to get busy walking on together.
And there's no power that's greater than the risen Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, you're still in control, and we still need you, and we still need each other. And you're not through with us yet. Lord God, help us to pick up our feet and to walk together. Help us support each other. Help us to be there for each other so that we can bear witness to your resurrection truth. In your precious name we pray. Amen.